0: Nitrous Oxide Systems is a company. Yes. It's not a word. Right, NAS right. is not a word. Right,
1: and, and it's not in every single Japanese car that's driven by someone no. under 40. Yeah, that's and what that's what, what everyone thinks. What? what? Exactly. What? We're all just hitting the <laughs> horn button. Wait a minute gas, here. And well,
0: Who and my feeling is why waste it on the engine? Run it to your helmet. <laughs> I mean, come on. Have It'll fun. It'll make life more fun, It sure will.
2: Welcome, a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars is at your service, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and more. I'm Randy Cardoon. Thanks for joining us on this show. This week... Bob Beck and I will check out the Classic Auto Show at the Orange County Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa. First, we get into the news, and we have some big news. Remember, in talking about Cars 134 with Christy Lee out uh, from Barrett-Jackson, she had a big announcement, but no matter how hard we tried to pry it from her, she wouldn't tell us about it. Yeah, well, now we have part of the news. Christy Lee joining the crew at Garage Squad. That's the good news as she replaces our pal Heather Storm. Eh, it's not so good news, but again, we're kind of bummed about that. But we're happy for Christy Lee as she gets a chance to join the crowd and uh, make some new chemistry over there with the Garage Squad folks. By the way, don't forget, Heather Storm replaced Lauren Bolander after the first season, so I guess Christy is now the third female host to join the group. So again, congratulations to Christy. And by the way, no word yet on Heather's next project, but we'll be talking with her, and we'll keep you updated. And now, a near-death experience for a car designer. Rick Doerr, based out here in Southern California, he's known for sweeping designs and out-of-this-world metal work on cars, and is one of the hosts of the TV show Car Hoarders. Well, I Caught up with Rick at a recent Benedict Castle Concourse charity show in Riverside, California, run by Nicole McGuire of the McGuire Car Care family. First, asked Rick about the show.
3: Very impressive. What a show. What a benefit. You know, the cause that this is all about that Nicole uh, backs and You know, I'm speechless. The cars were great. There's a different array of cars from hot rods to customs. Uh, I see a couple of unfinished cars. I hate to call them rat rods, but that's what they (laughs) seem to be calling them. And the classics as well. You've had you've had cars here before. Uh, I think I missed the first year. Every other year I've had a car here. Yeah.
2: yeah so uh, still very nice. You don't have anything here this year.
3: No, I'm just getting over. I'm just getting over being ill. I had it. now. Tell me about
2: that situation again. Yeah, I was in the
3: hospital for ten or uh, ten. I think eleven days. You know, it's like going to SEMA or the Grand National. You you shaking hands, kissing babies, so to speak. And there's people from all over the world there, which is great. You meet some old friends. You make some new ones. Uh, but if there's a bug around somewhere in the world you're going to get it at one of those two shows five, and five, the day five, after four. I was trying to clear my throat I Blue couldn't chicken. clear it long story short three days later it turned to influenza and I aspirated five, five, stomach eight, acid eight, into my lungs and was unconscious so I'm good now I'm getting stronger by the day and I'm I'm just glad to be vertical period, period. yeah that's that's got to be the craziest thing you've ever went through health wise well one of them one of them I've had some other issues but recently uh I I think Six, zero, I'm done three, for the nine. year I started out in January, getting sick, the end of January, right after the Grand national so I'm done. Yeah, you, you fulfilled all the uh, injuries yeah, you need and illness. Requirements for the year, yeah, <laughs> so to speak.
2: Now, back we go to Costa Mesa. JDM Legends. It's a restoration shop in Salt Lake City, Utah, just a few miles away from Dave Kindig's shop, but JDM specializes in Japanese cars. They even had a show on Motor Trend for a season, and for a price, they will import cars from Japan for you that you rarely see here in the U.S. And at the Classic Auto Show, we were joined by Big Mike, whose Honda Prelude build in 2016 basically set SEMA's Battle of the Builders on its ear. And Big Mike talked about how well he's integrated into the Japanese collector car market and the projects he's working on. I worked with Discovery,
1: and I did a in with Richard on Fast and Loud. Ah, okay. But on their sister station, Velocity Now Motor Trend, Josh and them, and uh, Mauricio and Eric, they got their, their show, and um, the whole... I think the merger and, and the acquisition and however it's working with um, uh, Discovery and the, the Motor Trend Group is how it got sort of, it's in between seasons right now. So okay. they actually don't, they actually don't know necessarily when the next one will start.
2: You know, let's, let's bring that up because I think a lot of people are watching and they notice if you're a Velocity fan and you watch the shows on Velocity, which is now Motor Trend, a lot of people just thought, "Oh, okay, they're changing the name for marketing right. reasons." But really, there's there's a whole big shift going something, on behind.
1: Yeah, that. something about that. I mean, obviously, I, I'm I'm I get maybe just as much as the next man. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, I'm not sure if it was a merger, uh, a gentleman acquisition. I'm not quite sure, but there's a lot of limbo. Yeah. And uh, the JDM Legends show did solidly, and um, they're getting bombarded here at the booth all day long with when does the next episode air and uh they they don't know they just flat out don't know
2: what did you like though about the fact that uh the first season uh, you know personally bob and i have talked about this and it's it's like we see so many cars where they're building camaros and they're building firebirds and they're building all these shows uh chargers etc uh it, there is not a lot of shows where they're building you know the the cars from japan the toyotas the nissans the dodsons that kind of stuff
1: yeah you know, so that culture is is a very thriving one, and it's one that I work with very, very closely. I travel all over the country and the world. I host events. I judge car shows all within the context of the Japanese culture, and it's it's rich, it's deep, and it's just separated. It's very separate, and there's very real historical context to that. If you go back enough decades, the millennial generation kind of throws that into ancient history. And it wasn't that long ago no. that there were certain very real things that that are gonna give a stigma, and you have to have a certain level of understanding for that to then play in. And once you do that, then I think it'll make more sense. But the um, the the culture is real; it's thriving. And you know, when I was up there with Dave Kindig and Wayne and everyone last night, um, it, you know, like I was telling them in the context of that meet and greet we did, was you know, there's hot rod and rat rod, there's drag racing, there's show, there's uh, restoration, resto mod, every one of those subcultures, which the classic auto show has every version of that, it's the same thing in the Japanese culture. You know, Peter Brock, Bob Bondurant Racing School, yeah. Paul Newman, they raced and won against Alphas, BMWs, you know, you name it, with these 60s and 70s Datsuns and Nissans, or before that, even Hino. And um, yeah. there, there's a very real history there, and it's you got the people who know that, and then 30 years is gone, and then you have... The Fast and the Furious uh, in yeah. O2, and that's where people think it started, and and there's a it's very not, large yeah. disconnect.
0: Well, a lot of people don't realize you brought up Hino.
1: Mm. A lot of people don't realize
0: Hino was not a truck company alone. Mm. It was a it was sports coupe or mm-hmm. sedan company that Toyota bought and disassembled.
1: Right. So because of that whole merger that yeah. happened with, with Toyota, who knows where Hino would have gone. Right. But you have, you know, Nissan and Mr. I think it's Katayama. Yeah. Who worked with. Yeah, Nissan. Bob Bondurant is quoted saying that I am everything I am because of Mr. Katayama. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, Peter Brock who worked with Nissan directly. Right. And I mean, these people were beating up. After a while, they oh, yeah. mean, SCCA I think sixty-eight to seventy-four or something like that, they won everything. Three
0: years in a row, the under two-liter champ was yep. uh, the B.R.E. racing team.
1: Yep. And then the Trans Am, uh, Am two-point-five, they were beating they were winning in that. And then you you go just a few more years later in the in seventy-three, Oscar Jackson Senior, mm-hmm. who's a personal friend of mine now, he was started doing Hondas. Yeah. And then from like eighty-four to ninety, they won every SCCA that they yep. went up against in in little tiny. Tiny little yeah. eco box Hondas. So you know that culture. Um, there is a, a, a very real world uh, that, that exists and wants to see a show. But when you put it into this TV machine, do you know if you need 1.5 million people to watch and you yeah. only get 450,000? That's that's a half a million people, but it isn't enough yeah. in that context. So there's a very real system that has to be worked with. Um, the Motor Trend side, they also. That company owns uh, magazines and, and entities like Super Street, Import Tuner, Honda Tuning. I, I'm a journalist. I contribute to all of those. And, and, and that that merger gives potential, um, even if we end up doing something on the digital side. Right. I, I, who knows? You know, we, we're all just, we're going to do what we do, and, and we hope that there is a way to reach the rest of the world and inform them about the, the, the heritage and the passion that we
2: all have about it. You talk about uh, traveling, and I assume you've traveled to other countries as yep. well. Tell me a little bit about what car shows are like. Are they in other countries? Uh, shows that are they similar to what we're going through now? Is or are they watching ours?
1: Oh, they, okay, so they absolutely are watching. Right. Uh, so I travel um, to the UK. This year I'll be going five times for uh well it's actually a honda specific event it's the uk's largest honda performance type event where they'll do it on a track right so they have road course racing going on and then a showcase section and um you know by volume it's a it's going to be a little bit smaller i mean so, southern california is the haven it's you know the the haven for a lot of things and uh, that event is it's very similar in the sense that you have Show cars, race cars, and amongst the show cars you have the, the upper echelon, the right. ones that are just they're just that good. Yeah. And then you have the one underneath, which they're they're well on their way to potentially winning. And then the majority, the volume is comprised of the people working their way up, whether it be their the monetary need to, to, to get what they need or the creativity, you can see them evolving. So conceptually it's no different, but it would be a little bit on the smaller side. Well
0: JDM just did the restoration and upgrades of the Z that got on display out in front. Yes. Z-Car is now finding a whole different market, a whole different culture. When they came out in late 1969-70, they were kind of equated as an inexpensive replacement for a Jag XKE. Sure, sure. Today, those things are amazing.
1: Right, so yeah, so the JDM Legends, uh, the the white one they have in their booth here at the Classic Auto Show is uh, the one they did in Episode 1. Yep. And uh, I mean, you you know, people have to come and see. You know, it's open till six today. You have to look it over, lay underneath it. You know, it's it's a rotisserie. You know, it's it's a quality restoration. They let you lay underneath it? Uh, they will let you. In fact, the if painter, you're three
0: inches tall. Yeah.
1: The the person who painted it is actually right here. He, the Mauricio. That's the man who painted the car. There's Mauricio. So we gotta get Mauricio back here. Yeah, Mauricio. So 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 yes, that's a perfect example. And Mauricio, come around. Oh, are I'm you alive I'm right alive. now too? Are you alive? Oh.
2: He's live. We um, like our live better than we like your live. Come on over yeah, here. Come on over, Mauricio. Come on over here. Come on, sit down here. I'll stand. I've been sitting all day. There you go. Go for it. Hey. Yeah, now you. To, now, all
0: right. Now we're talking about we're talking about Mauricio, and he, we just brought him in. The last show I watched on JDM, you just got yourself a Honda.
4: I did. I did.
0: It's a new one, so it was kind of interesting here. It's JDM that's working on the old Nissans and Dodsons, and you buy a brand new Honda.
4: Well, to be honest with you, I started out in the Mm. Honda industry. My love and passion I had was for Hondas, so I've always been a big fan of uh, Integra Type R's and Civic Type R's. So when I heard that they were releasing one in the U.S., I had to jump on it and I had to purchase it. And it's an awesome car, and I love it.
0: Yeah, that's what you were saying in the test drive, and you had it. You know, the thing was pulling pretty good, and uh, front wheel drive. Yes. Lots of what kind of horsepower is that thing putting out?
4: Had a. Torque was uh, 280 and uh, horsepower was 309.
2: Damn, that's, that's that's right up there with my HHR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. So, so what do you know now? We, we discussed this about uh, velocity and Motor Trend, and everybody, your fans are wondering, well, when's the next show coming out? When, to your knowledge, or what are you hearing? Uh, what's the next deal as far as another season of JDM?
4: I can't answer you that unfortunately um we know we had a green light but since they had a big emerge on velocity to motor tran it's it's been up in the air at the moment
2: are they running uh, are they still running the first season shows
4: that's what i've been told well that's a a good sign a couple of reruns on it
2: yeah when they're not running anything then you go uh okay well that was nice but if they're still running your show there's a good shot at it
4: yes um if not, we'll just keep going. We'll keep building what we're building and keep enjoying what we do for a living. You know, it's uh, a show. Not necessarily makes us. It's just it just put us out there in the market and show the uh, the craftsmanship that all three of us have to put out there. But it's a and also it's an opportunity that we get to we get to um, have at the same time. It's a humbling experience because without the fans, we wouldn't be able to be out there doing that you know and uh, we enjoy it I it's just passion you know it's the drive that we have behind us and the focus to to deliver the the cars to their clients you know to our full potential what they allow us to do with them you know and
2: Right, and, and it's all about cars, period. I, I think it's there are more to life than Chevys and Mopars and Fords and, and whatever American cars. I mean, there's a lot of people that like different cars, and I think a lot of people uh, don't understand that or really didn't realize that until they'd go to shows and they'd start seeing some really cool you know, cars, even some that are coming over from Japan, the skylines and that kind of stuff, and they go, well, what the heck is that? They get told, and then all of a sudden they get intrigued.
1: Right, and then they might end up racing against one and realize that these are not, they're not to be laughed at in any way, shape, or form. They weren't in the 70s, and they're definitely not now.
2: No, they're not grocery getters at all. Not at all. Mike, tell me a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. Give me a little of your history. How did you get involved in cars? What was your first car? Tell us a little bit about where that interest came from.
1: Well, being raised here in Southern California, it was inevitable. You know, you're just exposed to any type. And, you know, due to a variety of circumstances, I find myself, you know, really intrigued by, you know, I saw Supras and Acura Legends and Honda Civics and Integras, just the whole slew. And, and, and I just found myself getting drawn to uh, maybe it was the shape, maybe it was who knows. But I found myself really appreciating those uh, uh, early 90s Hondas. Well, and Acuras, and so I just started focusing on that, and my first car was a, a 92 Civic Si, they call it a bubble, um, and uh, yeah. you know, it, it, I had that, and and 99 I think is when I started messing with that and I didn't know a thing you know uh, on how to uh, mechanically and over time you know I, I you know I had that car make it into Honda Tuning magazine in 05 and then I, I had other cars I had a, an, I have an Accord Wagon I have a Honda Preludes and Civics and CRX's and and then I bought a Prelude then and that made the cover of Honda Tuning in 08 and really from there it's sort of been a pretty interesting uh, climb you know so every car I've, I've done since then has been on the cover of magazines from here to the uk and and then television competing in a uh, sema's battle of the builders and and becoming a finalist there all of these things are, are are pretty amazing but it's just i'm just an example of i'm not the only one there's other guys who are creating mm-hmm. fantastic fantastic either restoration builds like what they do at jdm legends or resto mod or full out all-out custom i mean we, we did clay and fiberglass to make the front end of my car and there's AN lines and there's standalone engine management and we're using forced induction. And you know, my car had a martini racing livery and I did it on purpose to show that a Honda kid is studying F1, is studying European racing, is studying DTM, is studying, uh, you know, US. Uh, and it's just, if you're a car guy, all of those lines are—they're in your mind, or they're not. You let their You people let themselves think that there's a difference, and principally, there is no difference.
0: No, it's hot rodding in its purest form. It doesn't matter I what the body you. is,
1: and that's yeah. And I,
0: I'm with you because I grew up driving British sports cars. Yes. Then went to the Japanese. Did a stint working for Nissan Corporate. Okay. Uh, raced the 510. Raced the 1200. Uh. They're fun. They're nimble. They're see, okay, That's so it.
1: You take the NSX. And affordable. The, yeah. The, well, except for the NSX. Okay, but I use that as an example <laughs> yeah. because that is a, you could take a 1990 NSX, which was really designed 88, 89. Yeah. And you can put it against anything in 2019, and it does not look outdated. It no. sits there and holds its own. It, it went up against supercars that were powered three or four times and cost right. three or four times as much. That car is just an example of how the Japanese use balance, Yes. both figuratively and literally. It's about aerodynamics and balance and having the best of everything rather than just throwing a gob amount of torque so on a straightaway you push down and you leave everyone. Exactly. You could maneuver, and that's why it has those lap times at Nürburgring and, and all of the race circuits in Japan. That car is just a prime example of balance. But Nissan and, and Datsun, they have that with all of their line. Honda's done it with all of that. The, the yes. Type R line is is a Type R. It's a race line for a reason.
0: But even a, even a base segment... When they first, when the Face Civic first came out, I got to drive one, mm-hmm. and it was the first front-wheel drive car that I'd ever driven. Okay, it went around a corner a whole lot better than anything I was able to drive before that. You have to get used to the front-wheel of drive course. when you hit the throttle, when you're going to back off, but it was stable, far more stable than anything else around. Even at that point in time, I was driving British sports cars. Sure, they were. They were buckboards compared to right, what the Honda right, was. Right.
1: And you know, and it's interesting because a lot of you guys that that you know, you guys had chassis and bodies laid on top. We, these are unibody cars. Yes. And then you, once you switched over to like double wishbone and independent suspension, yeah. that's when everything changed, and you could take a 2,200 pound. You know, small wheelbase car that's mm-hmm. more like a go-kart effect and go up against long wheelbase, yeah. big horsepower cars, and it'll beat them.
0: Yeah. Well, when I was running, uh, running 6-6 in the California uh, Sports Car Club, we were doing uh, autocrossing. Okay. We had a speed trap. We'd run at what was then uh, Lion Country Safari. It's now uh, Irvine Meadows. Okay. And we would have that whole lot. We'd run a one-mile course. Okay. And we, we had a speed trap. My 1200 was as quick in the speed trap as a Camaro.
1: Isn't that now crazy?
0: they could pull away from me in the straightaways,
1: but I didn't have to slow down in the turns. Right, right, and that's the that there you go. It's a balance. Instead of giving it too much power or making it too light, the Japanese really focused on both the car but the yeah. driver. Yeah, they wanted it to. Ha- Is a those are very real driver experience cars. Yeah.
0: And with what you guys are doing, you're bringing a whole market to for, to the visual for people to visualize. Yeah. You've got the whole nation now looking at these, rather than just a Southern California phenomenon, because you don't see this much
2: outside California. Now you're in Utah,
0: mm-hmm. which is not necessarily known for
2: its car culture. I lived in Utah for about four and a half years. You're right; you don't yeah, see a no. lot of that culture there at all. You know, the, tell me a little bit. I'm sorry. Tell me a little bit about you. grow Did you grow up in Utah? I did. I came. I came when I was eight years old. From uh,
4: I'm originally from Nicaragua. So I, was, I pretty much was raised in Utah now.
2: Talk a little bit about the car culture there and how you kind of got acclimated into it or and when you noticed that cars were something you thought were great. Uh, and what was your first car?
4: My first car was a 66 uh, Impala Supersport with the 396. Now that's Utah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first car and it was in a, I had it in high school and I ended up blowing it up, blowing up the motor because I was showing off to a girl. I'll, I'll joke aside it was pretty funny but what got me into uh, the cars is uh, I had a really close uh, relative it started out in um, in the lowriders and that's what got me into it I started seeing how he was painting and I was like man that's intriguing I was an artist growing up a uh, drawing and stuff and I'm like I wonder if I could do that if I had got the skills to go into that and um, I did I just started noticing him painting stuff then I was like oh, I want to learn where did you learn so he told me at a local uh, at the time was a, a local college called UVU now it's actually a university so I went I went there and took the education and that's what got me into it I ended up buying a, a 2000 Civic for a commuter and I took in the street rod program and I yeah. said and the instructor said you need something to modify it I'm like well what am I going to modify it yeah. So the only thing I had was my 2000 Civic. So I went in there and I was against all these older gentlemen building Hot Rods 32 roasters, I mean, uh, 500 Gal or I think it was a 500 GT like like trying to make it like one, but right. it wasn't one. And there is a bunch of Mustangs, a bunch of um, I think 56 Chevy trucks
1: and That's Eric right there. Yeah. Eric. Come and, on, yeah, you
2: shouldn't go away. <laughs>
1: come back. Okay, sorry, yeah, sorry. guys.
4: <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's what got me into it, and I started modifying this car. And this is when, at the time, uh, Fast and the Furious came out. Right. And a lot of people, oh, you're one of those rice burners. It has this and that. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I am taking this. So I learned how to. So I took the. I took some of the things that I learned in the class. Had a French in an antenna. Mm-hmm. So I hated the antenna on top of the roof of the, the right. of the Honda. Right. Right. So I shaved it off, relocated it in the trunk. I put the gas cap behind it, and behind the taillight to open it up so I customized it and everybody's like you're building a ricer and I'm like well if you look at it that way I had to learn how to customize something to pass the class so I shaved the door handle inside outside I mean I thought I did an amazing job but then I look back now and I'm like yeah, that was sir.
1: <laughs> uh, if you had done that with a Volkswagen Bug, or would, no so, one would have no said, said a thing, thing. about yeah. shaving a, a something. Yeah. But, but because it was a Honda.
0: But there was a time when Volkswagens didn't do that either. Then the Kaula came out, True. and that turned it around for the Volkswagens.
1: You know, a nod to them is the the, the Volkswagen community has been doing crazy engine setups. Yeah. For a long, long time. engine bay setups have probably been one to set the tone for how to relocate and manufacture and, and create shapes and smooth everything yeah. out and make it look like it's floating. Those guys have been doing that. And I got a lot of inspiration for the way we do our, uh, our Japanese engine bays yeah. from places like, well, definitely hot rods and the Volkswagen. Well,
0: y- like we said, it's pure hot rodding. It doesn't matter what the it, base is. It does and not
1: it, matter. You know, it's metal, it's it's plastic,
0: it's fiberglass. They're all the same. Yes. It's what did you choose as your base? Yes. And the Japanese cars are now getting the recognition. The JDM movement is great. Mm-hmm. The show that at uh, Long Beach here that uh, is the put Japanese on the Japanese Classic car show. show. show yes. that, that thing is just Fantastic. jam-packed every Fantastic. year. Fantastic. They're here. Fantastic They're here.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, right next to the JDM Legends. Yeah, booth. saw
0: the cars. I was looking at the cars and and I think Fast and Furious kind of p- started putting them on the map
1: too. So, you know what? Okay, so the, the there's a, a deep stigma a love and a hate relationship because in 02 when that movie dropped, it made the wor- it made it go global, okay? Yeah. I mean, the whole world paid attention to it, but they did it because of the Hollywood rendition yeah. of the real yep. culture. And, and then inevitably, when you do a movie, it is going to have action and it's going to be grandiose and, and 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 it's a caricature. Of, of the yeah. real thing it has to be yeah. uh, if you if you understand the concept of entertainment same thing with reality TV it's you know it's, yeah. it's not real
2: it's no. entertainment no. yeah,
4: no, it's, yeah. They so push the limit on that you
1: know so yeah exactly the Fast and the furious stimulated it for sure but it also made people think that every one of us does what people in that movie do and that is so yeah. far from the truth
0: it is and the other thing that I always laughed about and this is for me and, I, and I've been in this around for a while nitrous oxide systems <laughs> Is a company. Yes. It's not a word. Right. Nas right. is not a word.
1: And and it's not in every single Japanese car that's driven by someone no. under 40. Yeah, that's and that's thing. what everyone thinks. What yeah. exactly? What? We're all just hitting the <laughs> horn button. Wait a We're minute here. Well, well, and my, my
0: feeling is, why waste it on the engine? Run it to your helmet. <laughs> I mean, come on. Have It'll fun. make life more fun. It mean, sure way. will. Yeah,
1: th- that yeah. stigma is just one that we hate. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, but, I but understand. But you know what? Like Mauricio, Eric was right here. Eric, if you hear this, Eric, come back over here. He's, he's Eric's yeah, on the camera. He's shop. hiding. I but, know. You know, you got guys like these. They're in Utah, but they love cars so much, and they set up shop over there. Eric set up shop. We're here in Southern California, and it's like TV provides a very awesome opportunity to reach. A large amount of people. But whether there's a camera in front of us or not. We're doing it. We've been doing it. And we're going to continue doing it. It it would be great to work with television. To reach the world. In that way. But if if they can't or won't or don't. We're still doing it and the culture's thriving like like the yep. Japanese classic car exactly. show. You go to that and it is you can immerse yourself for about 6 hours, museum builds, built guys that have cars in bubbles and they only bring them out yeah. once a year. It's a fantastic event.
0: And I like it because it's finally giving credit to the Datsuns, the Nissans, the Toyotas and it's doing it in a way that's not Fast and Furious. Agreed. It's yes. doing it in a way that's that's logical. It's yes. improving the vehicle it's not making them crazy-looking. There, there's that culture in Japan right now that's making those crazy-looking cars with the exhaust pipes. all oh, doing high. The yeah, 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 yeah. And the huge spoilers. They can't get out of driveways. Right. That's form over function. Yes.
1: And, yes, and
0: absolutely. you guys are doing function over form.
1: We, we really are. We really are. You know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that. But if you go to, the, like, the Yokohama show in Japan, yeah. you will find motorcycles, choppers, yes. hot rods. They embrace the car culture to the utmost. Yes. And you can find every type of American build, many of them done way better than you would think. Like, mm-hmm. they could compete against some of the best here. Yeah. And they have embraced the culture. They don't look at it the way, conversely, the way we look at it here. Yeah, yeah, it's, so, a, it's ironic.
0: You're talking about the Moon Eye Show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went there a, couple, a, a few years ago. I, I, I'm you friends can see with everything. the guys. You know, when I worked for Nissan, I worked in Japan and became friends with Shige. I and, see. And uh, so I go over there and uh, he comes over here. We're, we're friends. I love the Japanese car culture. I love that. Well, I work for the Japanese companies, so I, I don't have the blinders. It's got to be a Chevy or a Ford, a Toyota or, or, or what have you. It's a car, it has the same basic yes. concepts. Do it the way you want to and enjoy the car that you pick.
4: Exa- exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. And you'd be surprised in Japan, they have a huge, huge following of lowriders. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh,
1: on another level that I never knew about. Do they embrace the the West Coast lowrider culture in a in a way that is beyond? I they, mean, yeah, they do it far wild. greater. Yeah, I mean, there's there's Moon Eyes Japan. They have a show themselves. Yep. I oh, mean, yeah. the people don't understand that they're they're willing to do that. But you know, um, whether you're doing race cars or or, or yeah. something like that, SEMA, for example, yeah. on a smaller scale yet massive is this show. You have the ability to showcase these different types of cars, I mean, Citrons and VWs and, and, yep. and classic Cadillacs. That Cadillac right there is sure. incredible. So you have that and it's really cool that I was able to work with the Classic Auto Show and, and JDM Legends came out to do exa- to have this opportunity to sit here with you guys to show this type of community and up, in, up close and personal. They get to see the Z that the Legends did right here. Right, and and exactly. even if they didn't have there's so many and stories. They get bombarded all day. I can it blew
4: my mind today on um, some of the stories. Well, today, in particular, it blew my mind. This gentleman just came and told us a whole story about when he was young, how his father told him not to get in the seat because you'll rip it because you, the way you're putting your feet in. I mean, some of the detail that he's telling us the story. And
1: I mean, Eric, were are looking at each other like, wow, this is awesome. You yeah, know, yeah. this is like, yeah. So, I mean, this show is making that happen. The Classic yeah, Auto Show is helping. making that happen. When I, uh, my friend Ryan competed with his Integra and made a, the finals in the Battle of the Builders at SEMA in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Twins, uh, they, they built a Supra. It also did yeah. it. I did it in 16 with my Prelude. That kind of platform is global as well, and it makes people look at this Toyota or Honda or or, or or Acura, and they're just like, wait, you're sitting here against some of the greatest hot rod names, and the context of the Battle of the Builders allows us to, to do that too. So you, this podcast and you guys being Im- able to embrace both cultures, uh, we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to speak.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think it's more of an honor and uh, I truly, truly appreciate it.
2: Well, I, I think it's certainly a, a subject that is much overdue to get on and, and get out there for car, car enthusiasts. But, Maurizio, we were talking about the car, the lowrider. Yes. In, in Japan now are we talking they input they ship in they buy 63 chevys from here and they do it there do they try and low-ride japanese cars what are what are we talking about
4: no they actually are purchasing these cars from here and shipping them out and they're doing it into their own taste some of them i obviously they'll they'll contract some of the painters here to do some amazing uh panel i mean they do the roof and do all these candies and a pa- uh, different and uh leafing and airbrushing I mean, just, oh yeah i can't i just blew my mind like how detailed they go into it and they'll they'll ship it back out i mean they go to the extreme of having people do work here they'll do it over there i mean i went on on youtube one time and looked up i forgot this gentleman this girl's name but she's huge in the industry of the lowrider scene she's well known i forgot her name i wish i can remember on top of my head but she's
1: built she built her own cars you know there's a big following for all of the subcultures like i know one of my friends companies is an import export company and they're shipping stingrays and old corvettes to japan all month long for guys that want to whether i don't know what they're going to do with them they might just keep them they might restore them but they're trying to find a survivor stingrays and they're going across the globe to a guy in japan
4: yep
2: yeah another subject bob one of these days we should probably do is is the fact that Cars, especially your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. no matter what, uh, are are always being shipped out of the U.S. to other yeah. countries. It doesn't necessarily mean Japan. I know uh, the, um, the Netherlands, there's stuff yeah. going out there to England, to all these places. And there is a market, and people just love that American is it safe to say part of the Japanese thing is is part of the American culture as well, not just the appreciation of the car, or is it just the car?
0: Well, if you look at the way they're, the, like you were talking about, the lowrider scene over there,
2: it's almost like our rockabilly
0: to an extent. Everything's taken to an excess. Mm-hmm. The hairstyles, the clothing.
1: Absolutely. They go Absolutely. extreme. Japanese Absolutely. go extreme. Absolutely. Absolutely. They do. They very much do. That's a good point. Yeah, remember
0: uh, Randy? With the last show we had, we had that young lady come up to us from Japan who'd come into the show that we were working at. Right. And she was—I mean, she walked out of the pages of Life magazine, 1950.
2: Yeah, we'll see, well, the whole pinup scene and all that. Yeah, Because oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I—I mean, I would imagine they also do that kind of thing in other countries as well. Oh, they do, they do.
1: I mean, they, they emulate the tattoo culture, yeah. the, the, the the way they dress. The, the lowrider scene—they embrace everything. I mean, you name it. You—if you didn't catch the, the the skin tone, you would think you were in Los Angeles or like Whittier <laughs> Boulevard or something. I'm serious, man. Yeah. It is—it is crazy how they get it down to a T and then of course put their own take on it. And yep. but that's the thing. Whether it's a Honda or a, a Chevy, whether it's uh, you know domestic here in the U.S. or over there, it's—it's—it's it's, it's the love of the car it's, culture.
0: It's what we talked about. It doesn't matter what the body is. The principles are the same
1: absolutely it's
4: uh, just the passion we have behind the culture of the of the cars you know it's just we all love cars we love the whole culture about mm-hmm. it and it doesn't matter what it is it could be chevy ford
2: maupar yeah and yeah. you know we'll using. So, so no i was going to say so Radiant let me ask pontiac so let me ask pontiac. you this yeah. pontiac you got to remember pontiac <laughs> pontiac, okay. pontiac but then again buick mercury the whole yeah, thing, yeah. The, some of the lesser known anyway so what's in your garage right now
1: uh, I have a, a station wagon that I'm doing. Um, I have
2: what kind of station wagon? Uh, it's
1: a, it's a, an Accord, a '90s, a mid '90s a Honda Accord wagon. Uh, and then I have a Honda Prelude, and then I have a couple other secret projects that uh, I don't know when they'll come out, but they'll be out some point.
2: Maurizio, what about you? What's in your garage?
1: <laughs> He's going to have a bit of a list here.
2: All on this itty-bitty card. Whoops. Yeah, go ahead. You
4: got
1: the CTR?
4: I got the I got the, the 08 CTR, that I mean the 2018 CTR. I have a 2000 Civic Type R right-hand drive. Yes. I have a 98 Integra Type R right-hand drive, and I also have a 510 Dotson, a 240Z, a 72 and a 73. So those are work in progress. <laughs>
1: You only have so many hours and so many
4: hands, man. Uh, my Let can take one of
1: those Z's off your hands. Dude. <laughs> I'll
4: take
0: the five ten. Okay, then I'll. Yeah, take I'll go one back the to the five ten. The,
4: the five ten is I haven't touched it. So there's a couple of cars I haven't touched. So the two forty Z is I'm actually um I'm building it right now. I'm actually in the process of doing all the metal work. Okay. Um, I am I'm making it. How do I say this? Let me rephrase it. I am trying to, not prove a point, but I want to show off our work to show you how thorough we go down to, and I'm going to leave this car in raw metal, and I'm going to show my metal work on it, the patches on it, whatever we need to do to get this car done. But I want to showcase it in JCC this year um, under our, our In raw and metal? In raw metal. Wow. wow. That's going to be cool. So that I don't know if you guys have seen the, the white car we have out here. Yeah. Flares. They're fiberglass. I'm not a big fan of fiberglass, mm-hmm. and just a pers- it's just a personal thing. Um, I want to duplicate them in metal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's my goal is just kind to just showcase that amount of work that goes into it. The love and passion, the little details that we'll go through on this vehicle. Okay,
2: so. car, everybody has a list. The list of the top 10, I'm not going to ask you to name 10, but the list of the cars that you guys want someday, give me the top three.
4: Mauricio,
1: you go first, I need
2: to say.
4: Honestly, the first thing that pops into my head is because I've always been a, a big fanatic of Impalas. I, I have to own a 61 bubble top with the 409. That's just one on my bucket list. Like that,
2: like that.
4: That's one. Three. That's
2: one. Got two more.
4: I I got two of them right now. I, uh, the <laughs> Honestly, I've always wanted a 510 after I built that blue one for Eric, and uh, I just fell in love with it. I just I love the, like, the lines and just... Everybody like, stopped by the shop. They always thought it was like a Mustang or something. How are you confusing a Mustang with the Datsun? So yeah. I just fell in love with the 510. I really love the lines. So I had to purchase it. And that's that's one of them. I, I have that in the 240Z. To be honest with you, I just I love those two. Those two cars are icons to me. I love the lines. I love how I brought some of the cars that we've done. Well, not some, but the cars that we've done, brought them back alive and just gave them life again, a facelift, just made them back a full car, you
0: know. Uh, the the blue one, was that the uh, the Bluebird coupe?
4: Yes. It wasn't a Bluebird coupe. It was just it was a USDM one, so it's not a, okay. it's 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 technically called so there's two we could say it's a coupe.
0: But in Japan it's not a coupe. No, it's, but it's the, it's the faster ba- roofline, yeah, the fastback
4: roof, roof line, The yeah. roofline kind of leans down a little right, bit. Right, so, right.
2: Yeah. Okay, we've given you extra time to study. What do you think, Mike?
1: Uh, Okay, so only three? (laughs) (laughs) It has to just be three.
2: Well, if you want to do more, you don't get extra credit, but we would appreciate it.
1: Okay, so um, a a Mark IV Toyota Supra, a Mark IV Turbo Supra, a Mazda FD-RX7, an NA1 NSX, um, an Aston Martin DB8, DB9. Uh, I think that's about one of the most timeless cars ever created by man. Uh, or a DBS if we were really trying to go a little sporty, but I mean a, a DB8, <laughs> DB9, uh, that's that's way up there on a yeah. list. Um, those are just gorgeous. Uh, what is it? Like four? Uh, that's five. Uh, oh, that's five already. But don't, know, don't stop. Uh, yeah, I mean you're, you're on a roll. roll. The, yeah. the '70s Hawksuka haks, Skyline uh, is, I mean, which is now yeah. worth, you know, it's impossible. But that's about one of the grails. Um, there's and there's too many in the Z line. I, I just. Yeah, let's <laughs> just stop there. Let's just stop I mean, there. A grand on, national. I, mean, a Ken yeah. Mary, I want a grand a national Kuska. really badly. Oh. Okay. Um, that's way up there. I have a, a deep love for a lot of American cars, and after going to SEMA and seeing the hot rod builds, you know, you, you will spend your whole life drawing up what you would do if you could yeah. to the the way they do these hot rods, like like Wayne and and you know Detroit Speed, Kyle and them, and mm. Roadster Shop and Ring Brothers. My my I can't. I'll just, let's just stop now. <laughs> just
2: stop. Car builder, Big Mike, and Maurizio Rosales of JDM Legends. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe to all of our new podcasts here on radio.com, knx1070.com, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, subscribe, rate us, five stars, hopefully. Please write a review. We want to hear what you have to say. And if you want to sponsor an episode or seven of Talking About Cars, it's easy to reach us at Cars at Gmail. Our website is TalkingAboutCars.net, where I include some extra behind-the-scenes flavor to some of these interviews, tell you a little bit about how some of them happen. And make sure you follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join Bob and I on his show, Got Gas, that's G-A-A-S, Great American Auto Scene, the second Tuesday of the month, we do a live show. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.